Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai, and I'm so happy you're joining me here today, and I'm happy to be with you. I'm happy to be back and recording again this week. So, man, um, I hope that you guys tuned in last week. I was able to record an episode of the podcast with my uh, some of my fellow NTPs, uh, nutritional therapy practitioners, and uh, from different parts of the country, so um, different states around. So hopefully uh, you were able to tune into that and kind of get some information there. And if uh, you have any interest in uh, you know, nutritional therapy, then, um, you know, you'd be able to, to reach out to those girls if one of them is more in your area. So I hope you were able to tune into that. That was a ton of fun. It was a great, uh, powwow weekend and just nice opportunity to connect with those girls and go over, um, you know, things going on in our lives and in our practices and, uh, you know, kind of all that stuff. And if you listened last week, you also heard that we are planning a keto, uh, weekend retreat out at my cabin, Branch Hill Cabin, our vacation property. So um, we're excited about that. I'm excited to announce that. And this week, I want to announce to you guys that we do have a date picked out. It looks like we are going to be doing that weekend, the last weekend of January 2019. So that will be um, the weekend of the 25th, 26th, and 27th. So go ahead and mark your calendars if you're interested in that. And thank you for those of you that did listen last week and have reached out. I actually did get contacted by quite a few of you, which is exciting um, that you're interested in getting the information when we get all of it set and are ready to start taking reservations for that weekend. So I do urge you, if you have any interest in um, being part of that weekend, uh, send me an email. There's no obligation, of course, uh, with an email to come out, but um, you're definitely going to want to be one of the first to know when signups are ready. Uh, We are going to keep this very small. Um, Number one, it's our pilot um, keto weekend retreat. So, um, you know, we want to make sure that we kind of iron out any of the kinks and kind of make sure we've got the flow going right and whatnot. So we will not have it at capacity, um, for that first time that we're doing it, uh, which will be the weekend of January 25th, um, through the 27th in 2019. So, um, we're probably going to cap it probably I would say somewhere around 10, you know, eight to 10 people maximum. So this is going to be a very intimate retreat. It'll be, um, and we know we don't have a schedule yet. We don't have everything in stone, but we are going to have some cooking demonstrations, you know, how to cook keto. We will, um, be providing breakfast and dinner and, um, you know, we will be showing you guys different, uh, tips and tricks for cooking and eating and snacking and, you know, all that kind of fun thing. Uh, we will have some professionals there that will be sharing some uh, information with you and, um, you know, on how to, how to 
take care of your health and nutrition. We will have uh, my NTP girls, uh, you know, my friends there. They will be um, able to uh, not only assist with the weekend and giving you guys some information and helping out, um, but they will also be able to do some functional evaluations and lingual neurotesting on anyone who would um, like to add that on to their weekend package. And then we also will have um, some fun things like yoga and um, some meditation sessions. Um, you know, we will be teaching some uh, mindfulness techniques and helping you guys work through that. And um, just a, a lot of really cool things. We're thinking maybe we'll have an infrared sauna available there and, um, you know, it should be fun. So we're just going to kind of go over the whole general um, lifestyle. You know, um, the keto is not just a way of eating. It is a lifestyle. And if you don't have all the other things dialed in, um, many people find that keto really doesn't work that well for them um, or to work for a while and then it doesn't. And um, so this weekend is going to be really all about uh, supporting each other, uh, helping to share some tips and tricks, and uh, really helping to show people um, how to get into ketosis. So if you are not in ketosis yet or, um, you know, it would be a great weekend for you because you will be by the time you leave, as long as you're not sneaking sugar in. <laughs> and uh, But if you're not, then, uh, or, you know, if you are already on your keto journey and you just need to connect with some people, maybe you just want some tips, maybe you just um, are interested in kind of uh, making some new friends and connections um, that way, then that would be an awesome event for you as well. We'll do um, some keto testing. We'll kind of go over um, different ways you can do that and just all those kinds of things. So it should be really fun. Um, I think it'll be great. Like I said, we don't have a schedule in place yet um, for exactly when it will start and exactly what will be going on each day, but um, should be a lot of fun. And you'll have, um, you'll, I'll be there. I'll be there the whole weekend. So it'll be fun to, to get to connect with all you guys. So again, if you have interest, please go ahead and send an email to me, jessica at jessicatai.com. And uh, just let me know, and I will put your information, your email address on the list that will be the first to know when we do release ticket uh, sales for that weekend. Okay, so that's all about that. Just wanted to go ahead and get that out there and um, just kind of talk a little bit about that. Speaking of weekend retreats, so um, I very much believe in those and think that they are super good for everyone to do. And I had uh, a little retreat of my own this past weekend. Um, we, some girlfriends and, and myself, uh, took a trip to Pompano Beach, Florida, which was super fun. So there was six of us. We're all moms. Um, and most of us, uh, well, our kids are all about the same age. We've got kids that all go to the same school and all about the same age. And oh my gosh, it was so nice just to have a weekend that we were not worried about taking care of anybody else but ourselves. <laughs> so it was very nice. Lots of laughs, uh, lots of girl time, lots of connecting, lots of lounging in the sun on the beach, which was so amazing. Weather was incredible, you know, 80, 85 degrees and sunny the entire weekend. It was great. So now I'm back, getting back into the swing of things. Um, here in the office today, had a full um, day here and just kind of um, getting everything caught up with my nutritional business and and all that type of thing. Of course, I'm happy to be back with my family and uh, back in the barn every morning and every evening. It's kind of like my little way to relax and um, 
de-stress myself. <laughs> so um, that's been fun. It's just fun to watch these little animals grow and uh, just their personalities develop and, and all that's been fun. So, But for today, uh, for this podcast episode, I have a uh, an interview to share with you that I think is going to be um, really enjoyable for you guys. This girl is so dynamic and she's really great. Um, met her on the Low Carb Cruise this year, this past uh, May, and her name is Crystal Love. So she had been, I'd been following her actually on Instagram for a while because she is, well, she was then the girlfriend. She is now the fiance of Robert Sykes. So um, if you are familiar with the Keto Savage podcast, that's Robert. And I had been listening to his podcast and I love the information and the guests that he has on there and became familiar with Crystal through him and then actually got to meet both of them on the Low Carb Cruise which was quite a treat and uh, really enjoyed getting to meet them in person. And I just knew I had to have Crystal on. Um, she is a, a keto athlete and, um, and a figure competitor. So um, she's just in, on a whole different level as far as that type of, you know, working out and how to do it um, as a female and as a figure competitor and being ketogenic and all that. And she just knows so much about this stuff that I can't even touch. Um, I don't even know where to start on that stuff. So um, I thought this would be an interesting conversation for you guys. Um, anybody that's out there that is, you don't have to be looking to get into figure competing. You can just um, be looking for some information, which I think we always are, on how to improve our workouts and um, get just a little more of an edge um, and kind of what we can be doing, especially as women. And uh, Crystal is actually a ketogenic athlete uh, athlete coach as well. So she is happy to coach you in that. And I will link to all of that information in the show notes so that you can go there and, um, be able to look her up if you're interested in getting some more information on that. But, um, before I introduce Crystal, let me give you a little bit of information on her. So Crystal actually started out unhealthy and unaware young adult while not having a great lifestyle. She began to have GI distress after being told to follow a, a specific high carb liquid diet. She went against the doctor's orders and started following the protocol of the ketogenic diet. Crystal has now been keto for almost three years and has decreased her D GI distress and also started bodybuilding, competing, and winning her first competition using only the ketogenic diet. She is proud to have overcome it all and has come out on top of it all. Crystal now coaches and does her very best to encourage others to do the same. So without any further ado, let's welcome Crystal to the show. All right. So Crystal, welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to, to have the opportunity to be on another podcast. This is awesome. Yeah, great. Well, I appreciate you doing this. I know that you are a very, very busy girl. <laughs> and so I don't even know everything that you have your hands in. So if you could enlighten me and my listeners who maybe don't know who you are um, and kind of what you're doing. Absolutely. Well, I, gosh, okay. So I am, I guess, known in the keto space as uh, one of the, the female figure competitors um, that has used keto, you know, before and during my prep. Um, and so I do that. I, 
um, most of my life is in the gym. <laughs> um, I'm also a coach, a keto coach, and I'll do like nutrition uh, and uh, training plans for my clients. But that's actually through um, Deeper State Keto, uh, which is a program that Robert um, Keto Savage and Keto Connect have put together. And mm-hmm. so I'm the coach on that website. And then uh, Robert and I, uh, who, by the way, is my fiance. Uh, he and I, just so everyone knows, <laughs> right? We're talking um, about Robert, like everybody knows I, who he uh, is. <laughs> yeah, have uh, we've actually created a uh, 1,000 calorie meal replacement bar called the Keto Brick. So we actually just currently like relocated and everything to be able to produce this um, this bar and get more out. So. Those are like my main basic things. And then, of course, helping Robert with the YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So that's yeah. that's it. I mean, I'm just running around like a crazy person all the time. <laughs> because you actually had um, – you guys have been doing these keto bricks for how long? When did you start those? I think our first launch was in March. So we've only been doing it for – gosh – Oh, I don't even know. I can't think about that right now. But it's it's only actually been like a little over half a year, I suppose, or right around there. Wow. And so, then, so you guys have already had to move into a bigger uh, kitchen space basically to make them, right? Yes. Yeah. So we actually, we used to live in Fayetteville and the kitchen we were using was in Little Rock, which is about a three hour drive. Mm. So we would drive down, make bricks all night and then all the next day and then drive back to Fayetteville. Um, and so we actually just relocated to this area because we found like a really awesome like kitchen warehouse and so yeah we relocated down here and just got our new space and uh we've been I think this is the third time we've made bricks so in this in our facility so Mm -hmm. we're really really excited about it but it's it's gone so quickly it's it's it, it amazes us how fast this has ha- this has like progressed. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, okay, so that's a little bit about what you're into now, and that's a lot. So, <laughs> you guys have a lot going on. Um, tell us a little bit about what brought you to keto, Crystal. Like, what is it that kind of introduced you to this yeah. lifestyle? Well, for a couple of years, I before I started keto, I had actually kind of gotten sick with a bunch of like uh, gastrointestinal issues and I could never figure out what it was. Um, it turns out I have gastroparesis along with like IBS and um, a few other items. But um, <laughs> so really they had actually put me on a, a liquid diet that was mostly consisting of high sugary carbs um, because they're very, very easy easy to digest. So I would just be having shakes all day and uh, juicing like vegetables and that kind of thing. So pretty much I just felt like I was eating sugar and carbs and all of that all day long because they told me to limit my protein intake because it's harder to digest as well and fat as well. So as I was starting this diet, I I felt better because it was liquid and, and it was just hard for my stomach to digest anything. So just simply doing the liquid was fine, but we started thinking, okay, long-term, how is this going to work out? It, it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get diabetes. I'm going to, you know, something's going to happen. So actually, Robert had been using keto for his bodybuilding for, I guess, a year and a half before I even started because I was just doing all these different kinds of diets, just trying to fix my stomach. Mm-hmm. So when he actually, he actually said, you know, why don't you try keto and see if it works? And I said, well, they told me not to do any fat 
And <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of shot. Yeah, yeah. It's like the exact opposite of what they told you to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. I said, so well, I guess I'll give it a shot. And I tried it once and I was like, this is the worst. It's awful. But I didn't truly give it a shot. And I feel like a lot of people make that mistake. And so I went back to my liquid and I thought, I'm still miserable. Mm-hmm. So let me try it one more time. So I tried it another time and I haven't gone back to carbs since. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you um, when you first started it, when you were going through these different digestive issues, were you doing the figure competing at that time? Um, I was doing uh, – I was working out and that was – one of my goals, I had thought, okay, well, one of these days I will do a competition. And then all of a sudden I kind of like cut it off because I said, there is no way I can stand on stage in heels and a bikini. And Mm -hmm. I just can't do that. But I had been working out really hard. Robert's my workout partner. So he always is pushing me to be better and better. And as I saw my physique starting to change, I just said, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do a show. And it was just randomly, all of a sudden, I just said, this is what I'm going to do. And I stuck to it. And I, I, I just did my first show. So that was awesome. But yeah, during all that time with like my stomach and everything, I was exercising. And that's actually my being sick is actually what led me to taking care of my health at all and, and exercising. And it really just changed my life. And instead of using other things, um, not as healthy things, I chose to just put all of that focus into my health and nutrition and training and that kind of thing. So mm. I've always been, tra- I've been training really hard for, it's, oh my gosh, it's almost been three years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. So, I mean, that's, it's, I can't even imagine the amount of dedication you have to have to be a figure competitor and, and do, and to be at the level that you're at because you did really, really well in your competition, correct? Yes, I did. I won first place, which is absolutely amazing because I I had never anticipated going into it and winning. I always just said, I'm here to just show myself, show to myself that I can do this. And Robert, I didn't really know of many other people who had used keto uh, for bodybuilding before Robert. And it was kind of, we were just kind of like new to it all. And so he, you know, documented all of his stuff. So he's the only other person I knew that used keto to compete. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he had a client, Teresa Dodd. And as she started doing it, I thought, said, okay, if she can do it, I can do it too. And Robert coached me all the way through it because of course I had never even competed before. So I didn't really exactly know what to do with my macros and how to taper things down and my workouts up. And so, yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. It was extremely difficult. And there was times where I just didn't think I could go through with it anymore, but it was, oh gosh, so, so worth it. Oh yeah. The, the end result was definitely worth it. And so I'm sure, I'm sure you're very glad you stuck with it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely intend to do more. So (laughs) that's awesome. So tell me about your, what is your kind of your keto look like when you're, um, when you're not competing, when you're, when you're not, um, I guess not competing is not the right word, but when you're not like working toward off that season. goal. Yeah. Off mm-hmm. season. That's a better way okay. to put it. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, what's it look like for you? Um, just as a young woman, um, just doing the keto thing. Mm-hmm. 
So I still stick to pretty low carb. My entire prep, I was under 10 grams of total carbs. Mm. And I my body responded really, really well to that. But in my off season, because I am building and I'm eating a little bit more, I've actually upped that to 20 grams of total carbs, and that will be my max. I don't ever really go above that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with my fat and my protein, um, I, again, have a really hard time digesting certain types of protein, so a lot of meats. Mm-hmm. So I tend to have a lower protein year-round, um, lower than a lot of other people. I actually generally stick to my fat being around 80%. So and that just helps with my inflammation and all of my gut issues just to keep that fat higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also keeps me feeling very full. So I, yeah, my, my fat is around 80%. Uh, my protein is uh, whatever is left between the 20 grams of total carbs and um, the 80% of fat. But I'm actually messing around with my calories right now because um, – It is a little bit different because I do have those um, stomach issues that I'm trying to actually get enough food and enough um, calories and protein in order to build muscle Mm -hmm. and and also keeping my stomach from hurting. So it's been a little bit of a challenge, but it's really shown me how much protein you actually don't need um, in order to build muscle. Now that's really interesting. So do you know, um, do you have any idea like what your protein grams are right now? Yeah. So I actually just switched it two different times. And, uh, so I was at about, uh, 65 grams of protein and that was on a lower calorie and that was pretty much to just kind of reset my, my, uh, digestion. Mm-hmm. And so I, I slowly raised it back up to 95 grams and I started having issues again, so I had to, again, lower it to 75, and I've been okay with that, and that's just been the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Just trying to figure out where that happy medium spot is, but yeah, I would say um, between 70 and 100 is where I generally will stay, depending on how my my digestion is feeling. Okay, <clears throat> and that is for you still trying to, you're still trying to build muscle, though. Yes. Yeah. So that's my, yeah, that's my year round off season. Um, yeah, all the time kind of macros. Okay. That's really interesting because you hear so much talk about how much is too much protein, how much is too little, and maybe we shouldn't even worry about it. And there's like all these, and Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not a protein expert, um, by any means, uh, but you know, as far as, yeah, I don't do research on, uh, you know, I'm not Ted Naiman, so I'm, yeah. I'm, he's like so um, just such an excellent resource for getting into all of the studies that are out there and everything. And that's yes. it's definitely not something that I get that into, but but it is something that I'm asked by clients a lot, especially women, is well, how much protein should I be eating? And it's generally different for everyone, but yes. but it's just interesting to hear kind of what you're doing and and you're on the end of it where you are actually a woman that is looking to build muscle. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of what your range is. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. And I, I do get a lot of the same kind of questions, uh, especially, yeah, you're right from women just saying like, I think I need more protein in order to, you know, lose 
lose fat, I need to get rid of my fat or to, in order to gain muscle, I need more protein. And I just like, no, no, you really don't. I promise. But Mm -hmm. you're right. Everybody's body is so different. And I think that that's super important to look into your own health and your own body. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like a lot of times we try to put everybody into this one category and say, this is what you should do. And I think that that's really incorrect. And we should really look at each person as an individual and an individual digestion, metabolism, all of that kind of thing and hormones involved too. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. And I, I'm definitely have been guilty of that in the past and, um, have learned the error of my ways (laughs) Um, because it is, it is very tempting to want to be like, okay, this is what you should do. And here's the formula. And if you follow this, this is going to happen, you know, one plus one equals two. And it's really, it's really never that simple. And, um, so I think it's great to, you know, be able to kind of work with, work around, um, each person as an individual. So as you're doing coaching, um, do you do a lot of coaching for women that are looking to get into this either, either that are looking to do figure, um, competing, or maybe they're not even looking to get that into it, but they're just very interested in building more muscle or getting a better physique. Is that, do you work with a lot of women like that? Yes, I do. And I I honestly believe it's because a lot of people, there's a lot of coaches out there and there's a lot of different ways to find out how to lose weight. Mm -hmm. But when people get the weight off, they think that they're just going to look like this supermodel. And then they realize it's just you know, they just end up looking maybe a little bit skinny or a little bit frail. Mm -hmm. And it's never, it's not a bad look. It's just they, they thought maybe they would look a little bit different. Or now that they have the weight off, they want to go to the next level. So I feel like a lot of times that is a lot of the the type of people that come to me, um, they're either looking for, you know, strength or, or for a physique. And I will work with both because of course, they kind of go a little bit hand in hand. So Mm -hmm. I do work with a lot of uh, women and and it, surprisingly, I feel like m- the majority of them are, oh gosh, between 40 and 57. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, you know, the kids are either out of the house or, you know, they're, they're a little bit grown and they're ready to really take it on themselves and really pay attention to what their needs might be mm-hmm. and and getting back into the gym and that kind of thing. So yeah, I do, I do work with a lot of women that, that are kind of looking for that because I feel like there's the options to lose weight, but it's almost a hidden secret for women on how they're supposed to gain muscle. Do I do high reps? Do I do heavy weight? Do I do lightweight? You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's all, everyone has their own opinion. (laughs) So, okay. So, um, so maybe we can pull this out of you then. (laughs) Yeah. So when you're working with somebody and they like, okay, like myself, so I'm a 40 year old woman and I would be your ideal client. Kids are, well, I do have some younger ones, but, (laughs) but most of my kids are older and, you know, I, I definitely see this in my group of friends for sure. So I definitely know what you're talking about where you have like the women who, um, often they want to lose some weight, but they, they talk about being tone, right? Like you hear that all the time. I just want to be tone and, you know, um, kind of firm everything up and, and whatever, you're kind of in that point of your life where you're ready yeah. to, to make some changes. And like you said, spend a little bit more time on yourself. So if like I came to you at 40 years old and said, okay, I am happy with my weight. Now I want to get serious with uh, toning things up, getting a little more definition where, tell me what you would take me through. 
a lot of times I would ask their comfortable, you know, their, 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 the way they feel comfortable in a gym. Now, are we going to start at home? Are we going to start at a gym? And I always encourage women to go to the gym because I feel like it gets them out of their, out of their space, out of their home, away from kids, away from the husband or the boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Get in your own zone in the gym and while you're there, they have equipment for you. They have everything ready there for you. And if you ever need a spot or if you ever need um, direction on how exactly to do the form right, then there's always a trainer at every gym. And so I would kind of just ask, you know, how comfortable you are with working out in the first place, you know, what your experience has been in the past and in the current. And, uh, and then, you know, do you have the financial, like, do you, are you financially able to go to a gym or do we need to do something at home? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's so many, so many different ways you can quote, you know, uh, tone up mm-hmm. and at home and in the gym. And, and it's kind of just depending on how far you want to take it. Mm-hmm. So we, we really just, you know, we, we start there and then we we work up from that. And I have a lot of women that work out at home mm-hmm. and they just said, you know, I really just don't have the time to get away. So we talk about, you know, how many days a week and how many uh, minutes per day are you able to? Um, and then, you know, any injuries, that kind of thing as well. So for a so. lot of women who are looking to get into um, working out and they're, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, are kind of at this place. Um, how do you have like kind of an idea of a kind of an in general amount of days per week or time per day? Is there something that works in general for most people? Yeah, I would say generally a three day split would be really good. And with that, I would do legs as just one day. Uh, because they are, you know, there's so many larger muscles on your legs that it really should, you know, it should have its own day. So legs on one day, back and biceps on another day, and then uh, shoulders, triceps, and chest on the other day. And that's called a push-pull leg split. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, I honestly feel like you're getting all of your body parts in, in one week, three days a week, you know, there's, there's seven days you, you can, I promise you, you can take three days out of the week mm-hmm. um, to focus on just yourself. And then you really, you can get a great workout in within 45 minutes. So if you only have 30 minutes, jump in, jump out, but 45 minutes will give you a time to warm up a little bit, get in a good workout and then be able to cool down as well. Okay. That's great. And so when you have, um, when you have clients that are doing this type of thing and you're, let's just say you've got them doing three days a week, 45 minutes a day. Um, are you working with them in addition on like their, their diet and what they're eating? Um, or do you work with people strictly to do keto or do how do you kind of work with them on that? Yeah. So for, I have two different plans that people can purchase and they can purchase them together or separately. Now, if I have someone who's just doing a training plan and they already have their nutrition going or they're working with another coach on their nutrition, I don't butt heads with that, that trainer, that coach. Um, I will simply ask what they are doing and maybe I will make suggestions or, or kind of just, you know, ask, see how their electrolytes are, see what, how much water they're drinking and what they are intaking so that I know not to push them past a level that is going to harm them or, um, you know, just do, just do more bad than good. Mm-hmm. 
So we do definitely talk about nutrition and lifestyle, what else is going on in their life. Um, And then the same thing for the opposite. If I'm just doing nutrition, which I do follow the deeper state protocol, which is the protocol that Robert um, has made. And that's the the protocol that I followed for my uh, competition. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do follow that protocol when I do my coaching. So um, I will... I have a kind of a questionnaire that everyone will fill out and it will be that conversation will be mostly about their nutrition. Now, if they're trying to build muscle or lose weight, I also talk about what they're doing to train and I will give them suggestions and I never really cut someone off. I, I really, I don't, honestly, I do this because I love it and because I really, really want to help people. And I feel like the people out there who want to help themselves are the ones that are going to reach out for help. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I'm never going to cut you off. If you just want, you know, nutrition and you're confused a little bit about your training, I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. So I never, you know, cut that off, but I do offer both plans as well. Okay. So you're talking about with your, um, the kind of the general way that you eat is you're keeping your carbs. <clears throat> you're never going over 20 total carbs a day. So, um, tell me a little bit about what, like, to like today or yesterday. Tell us like yesterday. What did Crystal eat yesterday? <laughs> okay. So yesterday I had two coffees and both of them only had heavy cream in them. And then I had three eggs and three pieces of bacon, which honestly I generally don't eat bacon because there are other better meat options, but that's what we had in our fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so I had three piece, three eggs and three pieces of bacon And, uh, then I actually had, uh, I put in a little concoction together of one tablespoon of MCT oil, uh, one teaspoon of a cod liver oil, and then another teaspoon of uh, a fish oil and kind of just took that as a little shot. And that was the end of my first meal. And then my second meal, I had, um, three ounces of like a spring salad mix with uh, Primal Kitchen dressing, uh, some pumpkin seeds, and uh, Parmesan cheese. And then I had a side of, I think it was four or five ounces of just plain ground beef with salt on it. Okay. Very simple. Oh, and I did have a little bit of a snack of a keto brick. <laughs> okay. That I was going to be my next question. of it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my next question is if you, um, if you do like any kind of fat bombs or um, anything like that throughout the day. You know, that, that concoction that I made of the, the fish oils and the MCT is kind of like a fat bomb. Mm-hmm. And I, I choose to do something like that rather than a fa- like an, an actual fat bomb because I have cut all sweeteners out. And now uh, I do have a zip fizz in the morning with my uh, branch chain amino acids and my creatine uh, during my workouts, which I just started back up. I, w- I hadn't been taking any supplements before. Hmm. Um, so I have a zip fizz in the morning that has, uh, some sweetener in it. And then the keto brick has some like very, very minimal amount of sweetener in it. So I really choose not to do the fat bombs simply because most of them are sweet. And mm-hmm. I really would prefer not to not have that extra sweetener in my day. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of, uh, actually it just made me think of something when you were talking was my, uh, so I have a, um, one of my boys is 15 and he is, he's kind of at that age where he's really wanting to start looking a little more buff and <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he's, he's starting to notice the girls. And, uh, 
So anyway, um, so he's started going down. We have a little gym in our house uh, in the mm-hmm. lower level that we've got. So, so he wanted to go down and um, do a little bit of uh, working out down there. And so he went down to do that. And then he, when he came back up, he said, uh, he was talking to me and my husband and he said, guys, should I be having my protein shake before or after I work out? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I gave him my opinion, but I'm really curious, how would you tell him to do that? Yeah. Is he keto or is he, um, so he is working that direction. So he, okay. he actually said last night, he's like, mom, I don't know if I'm ever going to be like, really like totally keto. He's like, but you know, I'm kind of working that way. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, during that time of life, it's a little bit harder because mm-hmm you know, you, you're around all of your friends and all of that. So at least he is aware and that's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, now I, for that situation, I would suggest having it after the workout. Uh, I actually wasn't eating anything after my workout. Uh, I would work out in the morning and then I would wait until, you know, two in the afternoon to eat my first meal. And I recently just changed that, um, to having a, you know, like the eggs and bacon right after my workout within an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really, I think it will just really help with recovery and then helping, uh, rebuild that muscle that you have just torn down during your workout. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer not to eat anything before my workout simply because, or give yourself enough time about an hour before your workout to let your stomach digest everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise the blood is going to be in your gut rather mm-hmm. than in the muscle you're trying to stimulate. Yeah, that is exactly what I told him last night. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he actually, um, it, my husband makes him a protein shake and they are keto protein shakes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. cause that's what my husband does. But, um, so he was, he makes him those, but he doesn't always work out when he makes them for him. Um, so anyway, last night that he just, I guess it just struck him like, huh, should I be doing this before or after? And that is essentially what I told him as a nutritional therapist, my mind immediately went to the digestion. And so uh-huh. I was like, well, I'm not a hundred percent sure, you know, if there's really any scientific reason that it helps or hurts before or after for muscle building. But uh-huh. <laughs> like from, from a nutritional perspective, I know that that is going to be taking a lot um, for you to be digesting that food. And I would think that you would get more, you would get better results building muscle if you, um, were not trying to digest at the same time, but yes. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. So that's great. Then he needs to listen to his mama. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. She knows well. Yeah. But yeah, he's trying to, um, you know, it is hard. Like you said, at that age, I mean, 15, that is, it's just really hard. Um, he's a freshman in high school. And then my junior in high school is, I, he is also not keto. And um, they're my only two kids out of the five that aren't actually. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't push any of them to that yeah. they have to be uh, at all. And I actually, you know, I just feel like it's fine. Kids are, um, they can really handle a lot more carbs than we can anyway. And I don't mean that like, you know, they can handle them. So let's let them, you know, ruin themselves for a while. (laughs) But, um, you know, they're, they, they're able to eat a lot more, um, carbs than we can. So I, I really don't push them at all anyway. We just try to set by example, but it's interesting that at his age, like he insists that I pack him lunch every day because he says the stuff at school is just crap and he knows he can eat better if I'll pack him. So like he is trying. So I appreciate that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think just being simply aware of 
the food that is around you, the food that is available to you, what is good and what is not good is key. Mm -hmm. You know, if you know you're eating junk, at least you know it and you might have it just more so on a rare occasion rather than every day. I mean, when I was 15, oh my gosh, I was eating I don't even want to talk about it. It's oh, so bad. Oh it my gosh. So I ate horrible. I mean, it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if I think about my teenagers now eating the way I did when I was a teenager, it is like terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So totally. yeah. But I also know all the crap that I've had to deal with trying to kind of rectify all the damage that I did to myself yes. <laughs> over the years. So I'm just trying really hard to, you know, kind of help educate them and, but at the same time, not give them like an eating disorder, you know, like I, right. I don't want, especially, you know, I tread very lightly with my girls because you, you know, that's, I think women are extremely vulnerable to that. Yeah. <clears throat> not that men can't be as well, but, um, just, you know, you just have to be so careful about not giving them like some kind of complex about every time they sit down to have a meal. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. And I, I actually fear that for a lot of, uh, a lot of kids that have keto parents as they yeah. transitioned, I see a lot of them at a very young age being pushed to lose weight using keto or being praised for losing weight when mm-hmm. it's not necessary. And I, I, it's, I just get really concerned for them, but you know, everybody is, they're going to be different. I personally do not have any children, so I have no say. Um, but it does, I just, I know I've had struggles in my life that I, I get concerned for, for others, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think that you're, you're absolutely right in going about it the right way. Yeah. You're, I think you definitely with or without kids. I mean, it's you, you were a kid, (laughs) so you know what it's like. And, and I uh, definitely do think that I, I, I totally know what you're talking about with the parents that do that. And, and I understand they're coming at it, you know, their heart's in the right place and they, they just don't want their kids to go through all the hard stuff that they, you know, they feel like they can help them avoid that. But I really think it's super important for parents to understand that, you have to set by example and mm-hmm. forcing your kids to eat a certain way <clears throat> is really not, I just don't think it's, it's healthy. It's not. And, and I think there's, you know, there's, there's some gray areas like, you know, you, we don't, my kids know that we're not going to keep soda in the house and they're, they're just not going to drink it around me. Fine. That's just the way it is. I don't think that's going to give them an eating disorder, <laughs> but right. I mean, there's just certain things we just, we're just not going to do. Um, yeah. but yeah, just, just kind of laying off a little bit and, and just doing more leading by example. And, you know, they know there's certain things that we will have in the house and there's certain things we will not have in the house. And if they want it, they're going to have to get right. it elsewhere. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And t- teaching them like the, the nutritional benefits rather than the weight loss or yeah. the, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's so important to learn that aspect rather than, you know, you want to look a certain way or whatever, mm-hmm. but internal health and, and, benefits. I think that's definitely a key. Yeah, absolutely. So you were saying that with, um, for keto, with keto for you, the eating a lot of meat is, um, not something that you do because of the digestive issues is, so I guess, um, have you, or even Robert, have you guys, I guess you probably have not tried the carnivore, um, plan. How, what do you think about that? How do you feel about that? I actually did give it a shot and I gave it, um, gosh, I think it was two and a half weeks and I was in, 
in extreme pain and that was my own fault, I thought, well, maybe if I just completely switch over uh-huh. rather than half and half, um, I would only be digesting the meat and I wouldn't have anything else to distract from it. So I said, okay, I'm going to give it a, a good go. Mm-hmm. And by the end of that period of time, I was just in so much pain. I had to stop, but mm. I, I gave it a shot because I do see that there can be benefits to it. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that there are also uh, benefits to your greens and your vegetables and all that kind of thing. So actually, Robert generally will eat somewhat of a carnivore diet. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once or twice, probably more so once a week, he just craves a really big salad. So he's like, let's go get a big salad. Mm -hmm. And that's something I have on a daily basis. I do really well with it. So I, I just crave salad. Um, now for him, he does really well just having meat and having eggs and, um, and just, you know, the, the carnivore based diet for the Mm -hmm. most part. Um, and then, you know, once a week having the vegetables. And I really think that that helps to break it up. Um, I really think that that helps with like your gut microbiome. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not, I don't know all the ins and outs of all of that. So this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that I've, a lot of people have seen the benefits of it. Now, I, I don't really know the internal health benefits to uh, any, any real level, but I do mm-hmm. think that there are benefits to having some vegetables and having some of those, the, the little bit of a, a mixture, but I might be incorrect. I, I guess science will prove prove it right. one way or another eventually, <laughs> but um, for now, I, I'm you know, if someone wants to try carnivore, I say, Hey, go for it. You know, mm-hmm. just give it a shot. I haven't seen anybody come out of that rather than, you know, myself, but mine is my own personal digestion. Um, I haven't seen anyone come out of that just really miserable or, mm-hmm. or hurt or died or anything like that. So I think it's something that people can give a shot, but, um, I, um, I don't know how to, how to say that. I, yeah. I think that it's totally fine for people to give it a shot. Um, I know it's a big thing right now. Everybody's kind of going for it, but I do like to show on, you know, my page on Instagram or whatever that, you know, it is okay to also eat vegetables. It mm-hmm. is okay to also, you know, have a different variety of things. Uh, I feel like sometimes, and I don't even want to say fads, but fads within the Mm -hmm. keto community can get overwhelming and kind of pressure people into certain ways. So Mm -hmm. I like to show that there is a variation of things that you can try out. Um, but I don't think it's bad at all. I think, you know, everybody's body is going to react differently and it's best to try things out yourself. Yeah. I haven't seen, um, like you said, I haven't, other than just hearing from you, um, and kind of the issues that you have, I haven't seen anybody that's, um, really, suffered any ill, um, results from it. So yeah, I kind of didn't like you. I'm like, well, I mean, if you want to try it, I guess I really have not a lot of interest in trying it at this point. So (laughs) I don't know, maybe, maybe I will at some point, but, um, but yeah, I know I have heard for, for a lot of people that it is a kind of a good, uh, stall buster for them too. Mm -hmm. Um, so they, you know, they like that or maybe just, um, kind of giving them a, you know, yeah, like definitely a little jump start or, you know, whatever, just trying something different. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you. I just, I love my veggies too much. I don't know that I can pick them up. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, for me, they really help me go to the bathroom and that's, 
sorry if nobody wants to hear that, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, all but right. that's, we that's an that. issue that I have had to deal with. And honestly, having that daily salad has really helped me. And, uh, I don't really have, you know, uh, a whole lot of broccoli or cauliflower mm-hmm. or, or, uh, you know, all of the other ones, but I will on occasion, but the salad is something that I do have regularly just mm-hmm. because I enjoy it. And I, I really think it helps me to just stay regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely some truth to that. And, and yeah, and like I said, I just like the taste of veggies, so I don't want to, yes. I don't really want to give that up. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. Oh, I like a lot of variety. I think I would get yes. bored maybe, but. But I do love meat, so I guess I can. Yeah. So I can understand where the appeal is, I guess, and it would make things easy, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that is the one thing, the one reason I tried it, because we generally just eat because or eat for our performance, um, eat for going to the gym or, um, you know, trying to get better lifts and stuff. So I thought, okay, if I tried carnivore. I, you know, they say eat until you're full. So I would be, you know, satiated and I would be able to, you know, go to the gym and know that I have fueled myself properly mm-hmm. with meat. So that would be so awesome. And then I tried it and it was a fail. But <laughs> again, that was just my own personal, that's my own personal body. I don't mm-hmm. think that has happened to really anybody else. <laughs> right. Well, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, well, that is, um, that's really interesting. So yeah, I haven't really talked to uh, too many people that have um, stuck with it. Actually, I haven't talked to anybody that has stuck with it long term. So I think most people just kind of try it out for a little bit and then move on. But yeah, it's definitely one of those kind of hot topics right now in the keto world. So (laughs) yeah, I guess that's a better, that's a better way of saying a hot topic rather than fad. I hate the word fad for some reason. I just... I don't know. I feel bad you know saying it. Yeah, I do too. But you know why I think I hate saying it and using it is because I think for me it's because uh, people use it to describe keto yes. as well. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, like, first of all, it is not a fad. Yeah, and then you I, don't understand. Right. And so, so it's – so I don't know. I just – it's got this negative connotation I guess for me. Yeah. And so – I don't really like using it either. But yeah, so there we go. It's a hot topic right yeah, now. So. There you go. <laughs> well, and when you say fad too, I guess I, I feel like, you know, and we have mutual friends that have done or are doing carnivore. And so, uh-huh. you know, so I don't want to be like, oh, it's a fad or call yeah. it a fad and then be like, oh, but then my friends are like, oh, great. So she thinks I'm doing a fad. <laughs> Like, right. No, no, I yes. don't think that. It's just what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I don't want to step on any toes. I don't want anybody to be mad at me. I really don't yeah. have an opinion. Do you? Like, I don't even care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Please, please do your own thing. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So that is, so that's great. So I've got a lot of great information from you. And so just out of curiosity, why did you decide to cut out the sweeteners? Yeah, I honestly, when I was eating carbs, I had such a sweet tooth that when I started keto, I would make every Sunday, I would make a dessert and I would have a piece of that dessert every day of the week. Mm -hmm. And then I, every, again, the following Sunday, I'd make a new one. And that is actually what really helped me transition into keto. That way I didn't feel deprived, but Mm -hmm as I'm kind of furthering my fitness and my health, I really just thought that's something that I really don't need in my body. There's just no reason for it. And Robert had pretty much cut his out and I thought he was crazy. Like (laughs) I'm never cutting them out. I just love it. But I was really just ready for that next step. And during my prep, I, I cut it out 
quite a bit. The only thing I had it in was my coffee. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just said, it really wasn't that hard. I'm just going to give it a shot. I'll, I'll give it a good month. And then after that, I just said, I really can't imagine bringing it back. Mm-hmm. And I feel, you know, I really don't feel a lot different, but mentally I feel better just not having it because I think I was having so much of it before because I did have such a sweet tooth that it actually encouraged me to crave something sweeter more often. Mm. So now I'm just like, I I really want a salad or I really want meat or I really, you know, something more savory. Mm-hmm. I don't crave that sweet as much as I used to, which had a big hold on me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really interesting. And actually I am, I'm totally with you. I 100% get what you're saying. And I was the same way. Um, I had such a sweet tooth prior to going keto that um, much like, well, actually, I kind of went at it a little bit different in the beginning. I was very strict with myself uh, in the beginning because I knew that if I kind of indulged in those sweet treat things that uh, it would just be a very slippery slope for me. So I was very strict in the beginning. And then kind of after the first, um, I think it was, I bet you I didn't have anything sweet at all for the first six months. And then I started kind of letting it creep in a little mm-hmm. bit at a time, just a, you know, a fat bomb here or whatever. And, um, and it definitely did start stoking that, you know, oh, okay, well now I need something sweet every day. And, yes. you know, it, it kind of does go back down that route. And, um, so I definitely understand what you're saying and, and that makes total sense. Um, I don't think I'm at the place where I'm ready to give it up again <laughs> completely, <Yeah. laughs> completely. Yeah. but, uh, you know, if I felt the need, if I, if I felt like I'm getting out of control or I need to, it's something, cause I think a big part of it is the mindset with keto is I love that you don't think about food all day, every day anymore. And yeah. it's just not ruling my life. And if I eat, I eat. And if I don't, it, you know, I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm, you know, I'm going to whatever, like I've got this going on. I just don't have time to sit down and eat. That's not a big deal versus, you know, before, like I will shut down anything I have to, <laughs> to make yes. sure I'm going to eat. And, um, but if I feel like it starts getting, you know, anything like that again, I definitely, I think the first thing I would do would be cut out the sweets, you know, yes. the, because it, it definitely, it does, it can kind of play those mind games with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed actually after my uh, competition, I I did a terrible, terrible job reverse dieting. And that's pretty much just slowly increasing your calories back up and decreasing your cardio uh, simultaneously, just as you would do a prep both, you know, kind of to lose that body fat, um, you want to do the same thing to gain it back. And I did a terrible job at it. Um, I really had a lot of mental uh, games with food and gaining weight and mm-hmm. um all of that. So I had really bad uh, binging urges and mm-hmm. I that is kind of what helped me. I said, you know, I think if I just cut out the sweeteners, I wouldn't want it as much because mm-hmm. I whatever I would go binge on would be, you know, something like a meat or you know, something right. that I would crave as much. And so I cut out um, nuts for a little while and always um, cut out the nut butters with the sweeteners because Mm -hmm. that is another big one for me. So I kind of just cut it all out at once and just haven't repurchased it. And I just really had to stay away. So Mm -hmm. I think that that definitely helped me 
to get out of the mindset of wanting to um, binge and then allowing my my hormones, my you know leptin hormones and everything mm-hmm. to regulate again. And luckily they did, and now I don't even have an issue. That's awesome. <laughs> but it, you know, it took some time, and and I just had to recognize it in myself that okay, this is something that really pulls at me, so I just need to remove it from my my life right now. Mm-hmm. That's so. awesome. I, that's great that you're able to recognize that and <clears throat> see that that's a that's a trigger for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, since we're talking kind of about uh, what how you're eating and all that type of thing, talk talk to me a little bit about fasting. Do you do intermittent fasting? Do you do longer fasts? Do you kind of what's your take on that, and how does that mm-hmm. work out for you? Yeah. So I was just doing more like fat fasting, which uh, I don't really know that there's a whole bunch of benefits to it, but it does help you to kind of push your food later on the day. Now, when I first have, when I have my first meal of the day after that, I just want to keep eating. So, so when, you talk, when you say, sorry, uh, when you say yeah. fat fasting, explain mm-hmm. what you mean by that. Yeah. So that would be just like a, a normal fast, but I would have coffee with like and I would added put, oils and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And it would be, you know, heavy cream or, you know, MCT oil, butter, something like that, um, mm-hmm. or like a fat bomb. And so I used to do a lot of that and because I wanted to push off my food until later in the day. So I thought, okay, if I just have the fat in the morning, that'll fill me up enough to have food later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I think that that's a really great way to go about, about it. If you do have, you know, in, urges to eat more and, um, Eat more than you need to or snack a lot because once you start chewing, it's mm-hmm. like that's it. That's it. Um, so – but actually on my – in my off season, it's not as necessary for me to do fasting because um, I, I am trying to just feel those muscles. But mm-hmm. I do – I will have my first meal earlier in the day and this is kind of something I've been playing with. Uh, is having my first meal earlier in the day, you know, within um, an hour, hour and a half of my workout, and then not having my next meal until the evening. And I do think it's it's important to not eat constantly throughout the day because mm-hmm. you're constantly spiking that insulin, and um, that is really going to cause you to hold on to a lot more fat. Um, mm-hmm. And having those numbers go up and down, no matter what you're eating, your insulin is going to spike a little bit because that's just mm-hmm. how our body reacts. Um, so I, I try to keep my days to two meals. Mm-hmm. Um, now if my clients are inclined to do, uh, you know, a, a 16, uh, I'm sorry, an 18, six fast or something like that, I'm never opposed to it. Um, I think that everybody's body will kind of tell them what is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's so many benefits to fasting that I would even suggest that someone does, you know, a, a day or two fast uh, once a month. I think that that's completely healthy, healthy and there's a oh, lot yeah. of benefits to it. I, so Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm actually doing a water-only fast right now. Um, today's the first day of a 72-hour. Oh, um, wow. And I try to do um, a one- to three-day water-only fast once a month. Yeah, um, that's perfect. I think it's so good for so many different things. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I, I honestly, that's something that I should get on top of more and encourage more than I do. Um, but there are, it's, it's unbelievable how many benefits there are to it. Yeah, and but it, I think, um, especially when you're working with with clients, and it's one thing to do it yourself, and and you can understand the mechanisms behind it, and and know kind of the the different. The, the different um, 
processes that you are stoking in your body that you want to have happen. It's one mm -hmm. thing to understand that, but I think to have a client um, and, and to suggest to them to do it, um, sometimes is a little bit too daunting, um, yes. for people. They just get a little bit overwhelmed. It's, I think it create, it requires a huge paradigm shift in thinking because we, you know, we've grown up in the era of, you know, don't skip meals because then mm -hmm. you're going to go into this, this, you know, absolute made up starvation mode. And, and then, yeah. you know, and it's going to be terrible. And so it, I think it almost, um, at least I, at least to me, I feel like, uh, working with clients, I, I feel like it almost creates more stress, um, yeah. than it's worth sometimes. So <clears throat> just kind of seeing, kind of working with somebody and seeing if they can get to that point is, is something, but man, I feel like if more, people could embrace that and understand it, they would just be like, heck yeah, I'm going to do that once a month. Yes. Like that's yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. I always feel so good when I'm done. Like, like, man, and it's, it's not like it's easy. I mean, here it is all my time. Anyway, it's almost one o'clock and I typically don't eat until like one or two o'clock um, mm -hmm. at, at, for my first meal, but for whatever reason, um, I guess mentally, because I know that I won't be eating today, I am like, my mental clock is going off. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like it's one o'clock and guess what? You're not going to be eating today. <laughs> it's like, oh. be quiet. Because <laughs> I yes. think when I fast more than anything, I miss chewing. Yes. I know that seems so strange, but I, I really love to chew food. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I totally get that. I think that that, when I was doing all of that, the liquid diet stuff, that mm -hmm. was the one thing I just, I remember telling people, I just miss chewing. Yeah. I just miss eating things. And it is honestly the weirdest thing, but it's a, it is like a sensation you can't, you just can't mm -hmm. fill unless you do it. <laughs> right. Right. It's almost like the eating the food isn't even. That's not even the desire as much as just I just want to chew something right. like yes yes know. and and gum that'll mm -hmm. break your fast and I don't exactly. do I don't eat gum because it has so much sweetener in it mm -hmm. so I just you know you're kind of just that you just gotta let it go right <laughs> I know I know yep. the yeah the one thing that. with fasting I do notice is. Uh, if I do like a, a 48 to uh, 72 hour mm -hmm. is that at that point it does start to affect my workouts. Mm. Um, Robert actually did a four day fast and he got like a personal record, like a PR on his, um, on like two of his lifts. And I just oh thought how, and so it gave him a lot of energy, but I noticed, uh, within like the last, uh, I'm sorry, I think it was the middle day is when I really felt sluggish in my, mm -hmm. in my workouts. And then the third day I kind of had that energy come back. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that it was just, it took my body through this little wave. Mm -hmm. And so that was the only thing I noticed when I do a little bit of a, a longer fast, but, yeah. but I love it. I think it's great. And just make that your off day, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> make that your off day. Yeah. That's a good, that's a very good point. Okay. So, um, when you are doing, so, so do you, I know you said, um, and maybe you said this and I might've uh, missed you saying this, but you said you did, you were doing the fat fasts, um, more often. So are you not doing those as much now? Are you doing more of just the intermittent fasting or kind of the, the time restricted? Yeah. So just this last week, I, I've changed it up to where I'm having a meal at like 7am and then I won't have my next meal until 12 
well, or like 7 p.m. And that's just because my I'm working so much in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I fuel up right after my workout and then I do it again in the evening uh, before I kind of settle down. Okay. Um, and that's just something that new I've been playing with. It's not something that I specifically suggest or anything, but um, I, I, in the past, what I've done is I'll, you know, wake up, have a, a fatty coffee, mm-hmm. um, maybe two, and then I will um, have my first meal around like two or 3 p.m., Mm-hmm. And then have another meal after that later in the evening. Mm-hmm. So I would kind of fast in that morning part of the day with the fat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let me ask you too, with uh, working out, do you have a suggestion for the listeners, um, man, woman, child, whatever, that would like to be working out? Is there an optimal time of the day that you think for someone or um, is it just whatever? That is a good question. And I don't know that there is a correct answer. I think I've done some Googling around and looking and trying to do my research on it. But Mm -hmm. uh, truthfully, they say that there really isn't a whole lot of difference. Um, Now, the one thing I can say about with the end of the day is or the evening is you're already tired from a full day's work or, you know, out you know, putting energy out into just your normal every day, you know, whether you're running around with kids or you're at a a job, mental exhaustion and physical exhaustion, either one is going to make your workout suffer a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, now my favorite part of the day to work out is at noon, but I Mm -hmm. never get to go in the middle of the day because who has a break in the middle of the day (laughs) (laughs) to get all sweaty and then you're like, (laughs) yeah, So actually, um, we just started going at about 3.30 in the morning, and we get our workout in and done and out of the way. And um, I might be a little bit stiff when I first get there, but once you warm up and you kind of get your workout in, um, I do notice that my energy is higher throughout the day. I'm much happier in the day, Mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot to say for that. Um, So I we have been doing uh, morning workouts and we generally have it after our coffee, but lately we've just been doing like first thing in the morning, get up out of bed, you know, get your clothes on and just go, you know, go straight to the gym. Don't have your coffee. Don't have anything like that. And, um, and yeah, so I think, I okay. think that's been, so did you really- say three thirty in the morning? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's a little crazy. <laughs> Right, but that like, um, sorry, I should probably clarify that. That would be, you know, um, us kind of waking up for the day. Some people will wake up at seven, then wake, you know, if whenever it is that you're going to wake right. up, um, that's when you're gonna want to go directly to the gym. And I just felt like that was a really great way to start my day yeah, and I really get that energy going. I agree with you. I feel better when I get my workout in first thing in the morning, and I definitely feel like I have more energy throughout the day. My mood's better you know, all that kind of thing. So I don't, I don't really know the, um, uh, kind of the scientific reasoning behind all of that, but it seems to work better that way. So, uh, out of curiosity, if you're getting up at three 30 in the morning, are you going to bed at like, <laughs> what time are you going to bed at like five in the afternoon? Yeah. That's the thing is Robert and I don't sleep. Um, we, we honestly, we have really slacked at getting enough rest and, mm-hmm. um, I will tell you something so crazy. I was getting so little sleep that 
I finally just kind of put my foot down and I said, I am going to sleep. I'm going to get, you know, eight hours of sleep a night Mm -hmm. and I'm going to rest when my body tells me to rest. So I did that for two weeks and I lost 10 pounds. Mm, And I was like, okay, 10 pounds in 14 days, that has to be inflammation and Mm -hmm. water. And I'm 100%, probably none of it was fat. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was just because I had stressed my body out so much. I was staying awake, but so we really, we really slack at, um, you know, getting enough rest. So we kind of said we have to take care of our bodies before we can take care of anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so we have decided to go to bed around um, like nine thirty or 10 and then wake up at three thirty and then go to the gym. Yeah. So we probably arrive at the gym somewhere between three forty five and four. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, that is kind of the, the conundrum when you're in this business though, isn't it? Is it taking care yeah. of other people and then you really have a hard time taking care of yourself as well. My husband always says it's like the shoemaker that doesn't have shoes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it, it is so much of that. And you, you get to the point of the day where you're like, okay, I'm ready to settle down, but there's still so much to do. Yes. And you just want to get it done so that you can really truly rest. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up being late. And you're just like, I have to get up early no matter what. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's like <laughs> never, it's never done. It's never always, it's never all done. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Oh. Well, Crystal, I want to um, be respectful of your time. I know I have uh, taken up uh, plenty of time here with you, but um, can you tell everyone like how they can find out more about what you do, more about your coaching, um, you know, your social media outlets, like where can they find you? Yeah. So generally most of my stuff is done on my Instagram, which it has a kind of a weird, uh, username, but it's crystallovefit.fka and the FKA stands for female ketogenic athlete. Um, and then, uh, Robert has a YouTube, which is under keto savage sports. And, uh, that is really, it, it is a lot focused more on, uh, Robert and that side of the business, but there is a lot of our lifestyle as well. So I do have a lot more topics in there. We do a keto savage kitchen. We're going to start that up again uh, each week. So that's kind of fun. Uh, so we, we kind of focus more on like the super low carb, you mm-hmm. know, around 10 grams or so for anybody who is lower carb. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so we have that YouTube platform. And then um, and then mostly I'm active on my Instagram. So out of those two. And then I also have my coaching on deeperstateketo.com. And then I have my own website, which I'm not on super often, but um, I do have some information on there about myself, uh, which is crystallovecoaching.com or femaleketogenicathlete.com. That's awesome. Well, Crystal, that thank you. a lot you. of information. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> that's good. And I'll put um, links to all of this in the show notes too for anyone listening who is like, wait a minute, I'm driving and I couldn't write any of that down. <laughs> so I'll make sure to link to all that in the show notes. But I really appreciate you being here with us today. And um, I think all of this information is just great. And hopefully this helps some, some people out there listening who are like, I don't really know what to do. And I just want to get back to the gym. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I want to let everyone know that if, if you guys do have questions, yes, I do offer coaching, but I'm also, I'm very open to receiving emails and responding back with 
pretty detailed uh, responses. So if you have questions about training or, you know, what you should or shouldn't be doing, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm, I like to just give out information rather than charging everybody for everything. Um, and, you know, following us along in our, you know, YouTube and our, um, our Instagram, we generally just, we, we put out a lot of information. So those are, so those are just a couple of options if anybody just has questions and can't really afford the coaching or that kind of thing. So there's that. And thank you so much for having me. I really have enjoyed this so much. Oh, yeah. That, I'm, I'm just so grateful that you came on, and I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening till the end. And I hope that you enjoyed Crystal as much as I do. And you could just hear how genuine she is. And she just really, truly wants to help people and just be there um, to help people through whatever challenges they might be having, um, whether that's in the gym or with their ketogenic um, lifestyle, whatever that is. So I hope that you guys um, definitely were able to hear that in this interview. And if you have any questions um, about how to reach out to Crystal, please just uh, go to the show notes section of this podcast or reach out to me directly and I'll be happy to put you in contact with her. Um, Again, my um, information, as always, you can reach me at my website. It is www.jessicatai.com. You can email me jessica at jessicatai.com. Follow me on Instagram at thatketoblonde.com. That is my keto page. And if you want to check out what's going on in my personal life and (laughs) what's uh, happening at the farm, um, which takes all the rest of my time when I'm not working on the nutrition stuff, that is, um, you can follow me on Branch Hill Farm on Instagram. And then uh, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Jessica Ty Nutrition. I am happy to work with clients locally or um, abroad. I can Uh, do things through Skype, um, Zoom, FaceTime, phone calls, whatever works for you. If you have any information, any questions about my uh, nutritional coaching packages, feel free to reach out and I will be happy to send that information to you so you can see if it's something that works out. And I'm happy to do a free 15 minute phone consult with you just to kind of see if I will be able to help you reach your goals and uh, just see if we'd be a good fit to work together. All right, guys, thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll tune in next week. Talk to you guys soon. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 